Existing just beyond the boundaries of our comprehension, there lies an unseen world. A world that exists just beyond the veil of darkness. A world that should be left undisturbed. You're listening to the Cajun Demonology Podcast. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to the Cajun Demonologist Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist. So on today's episode, we are going to discuss the three stages of a demonic haunting, which is infestation, oppression, and last but not least, possession. So when it comes to a demonic haunting... These three stages have to take place in order. They cannot be skipped and they cannot be manipulated. They must indeed start with the infestation, which means that someone has invited either intentionally or unintentionally invited a demonic entity into their home. Now, the second stage is going to be oppression, which means now that the entity has sought out who it wishes to eventually gain possession over, now the entity will oppress itself to that individual. So all the hauntings at this point in time now revolves around the single individual. When the person is in the home, the home will be active. When the person is gone, the home will be quiet. And last but not least, which is possession, which is now possession means that the entity has completely broken the will of the person spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and completely broken that person so that the possession stage can occur. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves, there are some basics that we need to know and understand first. Believe it or not, demonic entities have certain rules that they must abide by. A demon cannot just see someone walking down the street and decide that it wants to possess them. Regardless of what you have may have read in the past or what you see on TV or what paranormal teams may have told you, this is not so. So, in fact, we have something that demons despise. It is called free will, the right to choose. So we have to, in fact, choose to invite a demonic entity into our lives. Now, if you go back through history and study different folklores, you will see this occurring over and over again. So I'm just going to use one of the most popular folklores out there, which is vampires, right? In any vampire movie you have ever watched, a vampire cannot enter into someone's home unless that person invites them in. This spawns from demonic entities. Now, before we get too cocky, we must understand that this can occur. We can indeed unintentionally invite a demonic entity into our lives, really, frankly, quite easily. We must always remember that demonic entities are highly intelligent entities or beings. Their intelligence far exceeds ours to where you can't even begin to comprehend. 
So now you're probably wondering, well, how does one invite a demonic entity into their lives? Well, there are several ways, but we're just going to pick one and run with it. We're going to go in, we're going to discuss the paranormal field in general, how this can occur in the paranormal field with paranormal investigators. Remember, anytime you communicate with a spirit, there is absolutely no way of truly knowing exactly what you are communicating with. A lot of teams out there, they think they are communicating with an earthbound spirit, but in fact, they are communicating with an entity that is disguising itself as an earthbound spirit. Why is this? Think about it, because if we think we're talking to an earthbound spirit, we are going to be more prone to opening ourselves up during communicating with what we perceive to be an earthbound spirit. Now, when we start asking personal questions about ourselves, you are indeed opening yourself up and gaining access for the infestation to begin and for the demon to enter into our lives at that point. Now, one of the most dangerous things that I see people doing, and I see them doing this all the time, is playing with Ouija boards or doing EVP sessions in their own home. I cannot begin to tell you how dangerous this is. For one, our home is what? our sanctuary. It's the place that we feel safe. Well, when we start communicating to spirits in our homes, whether we think we're talking to a loved one that has passed on or not, then when we are communicating with a spirit in our home, we are going to be more than likely more open to getting personal with the spirit in our home. And when you do this, you are indeed opening the door for the entity to have a legal right to be in your home. Yes, a demon has to have a legal right to someone. So when we think about the Roman Catholic right of exorcism, there is a reason why it is called the right of exorcism. Because when you do the exorcism or set of rituals, you are breaking the right, the legal right that the entity has. That is why, in fact, it is called the right of exorcism. So I'm going to give you a scenario in which someone could unintentionally invite a demonic entity into their life. So let's just say that a young lady's mother has passed away three weeks ago and she wants to make contact with her mother to make sure that her mother is okay. So she decides to bring out a Ouija board. Look, a Ouija board is just an object. It's your intent on how you use the Ouija board that can make it dangerous. A Ouija board is no more dangerous than doing an EVP session or communicating with spirits in any form. So the young lady brings out the Ouija board and she asks if her mother is there. Sure enough, the indicator on the Ouija board says, yes, I am here. So now at this point, the young lady believes that she is communicating with her mother. So then she starts asking personal questions. Mama, are you okay? You know, things like that. Now, but in fact, she is communicating with a demonic entity that is pretending to be her mother. Now, indeed, this entity will know very 
personal details about this person's mother. So when the person asks the questions, indeed, the entity will be able to respond to make that person truly believe they are communicating with their mother. So then at this point, the person has completely opened themselves up to what they perceive to be their mother, which now the entity has a legal right to enter into this person's home and this is when the infestation will begin. Now, to the trained eye, like an exorcist or demonologist, they would be able to, in fact, be able to distinguish between a earthbound spirit in a home and a demonic entity in a home. Demons have a certain way that they operate, and they have things that they can, and then there are things that they cannot do. And to a trained demonologist or exorcist, they would be able to use these to their advantage to figure out exactly what they are dealing with and how the entry point began in the first place. Now, it's important to understand. See, Hollywood would have you believe that demons always present themselves as these big, nasty, scary-looking creatures. That is not so. In fact, a demon will never reveal its true identity until it feels threatened. When it feels threatened, that's when the nastiness comes out. So now that we have established that this young lady has invited a demonic entity into her home. Now we are going to discuss the signs and symptoms of a demonic haunting. Now, first of all, number one, the difference between a demonic haunting and a earthbound spirit or regular haunting is a demonic haunting gets destructive. So it's important to understand that when a demonic entity has a legal right and it has entered into a home and the infestation starts, that is not the entity's end goal. It's important to understand that demons do not haunt homes. Okay? This is very important. They haunt people. Earthbound spirits haunt homes or locations. And we will discuss the signs that you should look for when dealing with a demonic infestation right after these words from our sponsors. Stay tuned. I now offer an online Demonology and Spiritual Warfare 101 course. Throughout this course, you will gain the knowledge that you need to successfully combat the forces of darkness. For more information, message me on Facebook at Jeremy Leonard or email me at ghostquestparanormal at ymail.com. Cajun Hut Jewelry has a wide selection of handmade St. Michael and St. Benedict bracelets, as well as handmade rosaries, horseshoe crosses, and also be sure to check out our luxury line of jewelry as well. We make each piece of our handmade jewelry with you in mind. Please be sure to check us out at Cajun Hut Jewelry on Facebook or visit our store at jeremyleonard.net.
Lord, in this place, our home, and drive away all snares of the enemy. Let the holy angels dwell herein to provide us in peace, and may the blessings be upon us forevermore. this place in the most precious blood of Jesus Christ and command all evil spirits to be gone, to never return. I command you in Jesus' name, go to the foot of the cross for judgment. I now close any portals in this place so that evil spirits may no longer be able to enter into our realm. Holy Mother Mary, crush the power of evil in this place with the light of your grace. Amen. tuning in to the Cajun Demonologist Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist. Okay, so we are going to go over some of the signs to look for when dealing with a demonic infestation. Number one, black shadows are what we call shadow people. Now, if you follow any of my podcasts or if you take my online course, you will hear me refer to the Stinson case which is the case that led me down the path of spiritual warfare. Now, when we talk about black shadows, this is going to be just what it says. It's going to be nothing more than a darker than dark shadow in the figure of a person. You will not be able to distinguish any facial features of the shadow. It will be a complete black shadow. Now, it's important to understand this. Demons cannot take the perfect form of a human being. Okay, there are rules they must abide by. This is called the heavenly laws. Okay, they are not allowed to take the perfect form of a human being. However, they can come very close, but there's always going to be something off or odd about them. Now, in the Stinson case, the entity that I saw with my own two eyes, the entity had eyes, but there was no facial features. There was no nose, no mouth, no ears. All I could see was the eyes. Now, this is a perfect example of how a demonic entity would manifest itself into a figure of a person. Number two, you may experience flickering of lights or have electronics in the home come on and off by themselves. This is generally going to be something that you would experience in the very beginning of a demonic infestation. 
Number three, this will also occur in the early stages of a demonic infestation. You will have strange feelings, feelings of being watched, feeling that something is wrong, a feeling of dread, a feeling that you don't want to be in your home, but you can't figure out why. It's just a feeling that you get. You will also feel pockets of cold and hot air. Perfect example of this, let's just say you walk into a room and you're feeling that sensation of not wanting to be in that room. That fight or flight part of you kicks in. You may have goosebumps on your arms, things like that. There are certain signs that the body will show you when it is feeling danger is near. All right, number four, you may have strange or foul odors in your home. The perfect calling card of a demonic entity is the smell of sulfur or the smell of rotting eggs. Now, you may experience this smell throughout the home, but more than likely it is going to be in a certain room or area of the house that you will smell the smell of sulfur or rotting eggs. That is going to be the location in the home that the entity has made its lair. So demons will have a certain spot in the home that it will basically reside in. Usually it is going to be somewhere that is off to itself and is quiet. There's not a whole lot of traffic which goes through there, such as the attic. Um, it could also be in closets in a certain room or if you have a room that is off to itself in a home that may be where the entity resides rule of thumb i've learned over the years that entities like to stay in cold dark places that is why attics or basements are very commonplace for entities to reside number five now as the infestation gains strength you may have violent nightmares that will occur every night you may also have the feeling of being pinned down in your sleep. Now, with this is also important to understand that there is a legit medical diagnosis called sleep paralysis. This does not mean that there is a demon in your house. There are people that suffer from sleep paralysis that may feel the feeling of being held down. This occurs when the mind awakes before the body does number six you may also experience things that occur in threes such as three knocks on the wall that will happen every night around the same time you may also experience scratching on the body there will be three scratch marks you may also hear growling in the walls Usually things you will experience are occur in threes. Now, the reason this happens is you have to understand Satan in the demonic world mocks anything that is holy. So the number three is a mock against the Trinity, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Number seven, strange noises. People who have encountered Counter demonic infestation often report strange noises such as tapping, like the sound of someone tapping on glass. You may also experiencing bangings on doors or windows, deep growling sounds that seem to come from nowhere. 
screeching, screaming, and disembodied voices. Also, constantly hearing someone call or whispering your name. Number eight, emotional changes. Demons can often affect people's moods. You may begin to feel emotionally distressed, depressed, begin to feel anxious. That seems to come out of nowhere. Demons feed off of negative energy and will cause these types of emotional changes. Otherwise, if you're generally happy and all of a sudden you're in a real negative mood and you only have thoughts of negativity, this may be an indication that you are starting to become oppressed by a demonic entity. Number nine. Also, people that have demonic infestation will commonly experience physical diagnosis or illness that they may not have previously had. Some of the symptoms may be nosebleeds, vertigo, bruises or whelps that will appear on the body, headaches, and other medical conditions. Number 10. Any religious artifacts in the home may mysteriously fall off the walls or even disappear. This is pretty common when dealing with demonic infestations. Last but not least, there has been reportings of seeing black dogs when associated with demonic infestations. I know on the Stetson case that they would see animals that would appear as pure shadows. Now, there are many more signs and symptoms of demonic hauntings, but these are going to be the most common when dealing with a demonic infestation. Guys, I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Cajun Demonology Podcast. I hope this episode was helpful and maybe you learned something. On our next podcast, we will go into the signs and symptoms of demonic oppression. So you're going to definitely want to tune into that. Until next time. See ya. Follow me on all my latest TV appearances, Paracons, and my upcoming 2021 lecture tour. Also, follow me on social media at Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist on Facebook, or the Cajun Ministry on Facebook. Also, Instagram and Twitter under Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist. And thank all of you for your support.